we had a meeting one day and went for a lunch break. I ended up being in the conference room with him, just him and me. John looked at me and said, do you want to know how I became a billionaire? And I was thinking, you know, I'm married, two kids, 28 years old, mortgage, probably <laughs> 50 bucks in my checking account. And I lean in, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I Let's start with like a million. Show me how to get to the million first. You know, I kind of like to know. <laughs> So, do you want me to do any? Just Steve Regal. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. All right. Welcome to the MO Show with Steve Regali. Welcome. All right. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Good to be here. Awesome. Today is our fourth anniversary. Yeah. It seems a lot longer than that, does it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like dog years. It feels yeah, like it's been 28 absolutely. years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you guys probably started talking about this before it actually happened, right? Yeah. Happened. Started. It, it came on pretty quick. Yeah. You know, I, and I came in pretty late in the game. And the this facility had already been decided on, um, and so it was it was it was going by the time I showed up. So you yeah. heard about it, and, and uh, you found out you might want to make a investment. Now your backgrounds. Public equity. Yes. Not private equity. Yep. Okay. And um, so you invest in publicly traded companies primarily. Yeah. The, uh, so the company I work for is Kane Anderson Rudnick. He's an investment management firm. We're in Century City. Uh, been in business for about 40 years. Um, 125 employees. We manage 50 plus billion dollars in assets for institutional and individual investors. Um, is there a specific um, uh, uh, vertical that you guys go after, or is there a certain theme that you invest yeah, in? Yeah, our, our clients, we have a global business, so you know it, it ranges from sovereign wealth funds globally, um, state retirement pension plans, endowments, foundations, individual investors. So we, we have a pretty broad client base and, and the brand's well-known in our industry and we worked really hard to, to be successful and we, we've, it's been a great ride. I've been there for 30 years. Oh, wow. Um, the origins of that firm were um, through a gentleman by the name of John Anderson. John, wonderful guy to work for, um, self-made billionaire. Uh, what's unusual about that is he was a billionaire around 1980 when there was a heck of a lot less of them. Right. <laughs> and John's background was uh, law and, and accounting. Um, came from no wealth, depression baby. And um, his undergraduate school was UCLA. On a, he came to UCLA on a hockey scholarship, which was unusual. I guess they had an ice skating ring in, in Westwood. And uh, he just... Um, Worked very hard. 
I'm not sure how he got in the position, but ultimately he ended up um, becoming the family attorney for the Bush family of Anheuser-Busch. Okay. And the story that he told me was back in the 1970s, um, they asked, asked him to uh, find a buyer for their distribution business. They only wanted to be in the production side of the, of the business. And after failing at that, he decided to acquire it himself. Um, and that became a huge home run for him. They're actually a very local family here. Mm. Um, they are large um, landowners in the Canal Valley, in Ventura County. Um, the Silver Star dealerships down here in Thousand Oaks, the family owns. That's the Anderson okay. dealerships. Um, they have significant land holding land holdings up in Ventura and Santa Barbara counties, where they um, have citrus and, 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 and ranching activities. But they have a broad portfolio of, of businesses, and and so. Our business started as uh, an investment management business for him and, um, and with the goal of, of building that over time. And John was a, John was a, a great guy. He um, had no trappings of wealth. You walked down the street, you could not tell this guy was a right. billionaire. You know? <laughs> and he just had that Midwestern attitude about him and and he was a great mentor. Of course he is Midwestern if he uh, played hockey, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was a great mentor for me and um, and uh, I was I was very lucky as a young person to to get hired and um, been there for 30 years and responsible for the day-to-day management of the business and it's been it's been a lot of fun. So it's really interesting. So with Tarantula Hill, I'm guessing this was a side investment for you to get involved with these guys. Yeah, we, uh, I had uh, some friends who were interested in, in potentially opening a brewery here in Thousand Oaks. In fact, uh, John Hamm is sitting over there, was, was instrumental in that. And, and John actually introduced me to John and Ali. Um, and uh, as I said before, they were at a pretty advanced state of what they wanted to do here. And, and they were looking for investors. And, you know, I just thought it was... First of all, this area needed this, and the opportunity was was great. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been an education for me, um, <laughs> and you know the timing of opening the place was not fortuitous okay. with you know the COVID situation. But um, but we're doing well now. Yeah. yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, John, what was your your take from uh, I mean, John's background comes from music. Yep. Basically, got funded by Atlantic, (laughs) (laughs) your first game. So this must have been totally different, getting investors and what that that was like this time around for you. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it's been a crazy uh, learning experience for me as well. Um, And um, yeah, I mean, when I I remember, I remember when when I first met Steve at all, we were always in his backyard and talking about stuff or whatever and in the beginning, I was just talking about doing marketing and the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember Steve was going, why would we do, do ice, ice cream, cream at a brewery? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't this get that. This is crazy. Um, and then I remember telling Ollie after, I was, like, I was like, I was like, I know that my resume doesn't really, you know, do me any justice, but trust me, I got this. And, and uh, I know I know Steve is, is probably worried about this forever. And then when we had, we had, um, we had we were working with uh we had a guy who was the coo at the time 
who had a great resume, but he didn't end up working out. So um, I was like, yeah, I got this. I got this. <laughs> yeah. But I knew very little about, about you know, biz. I knew about the music industry, and I've always tried to find parallels into this, into business or whatever. But, but Steve has been a huge uh, mentor for me in the world of business. Um, I've learned, I've like, as well as you too, Jeff. Uh, he's he's taught me tons as well. Uh, you guys have both been mentors for me in this in this world. Um, yeah, and it's I, I, I say it all the time. I feel like in the last four years, I've gotten like a basically gotten a free business education. Like yeah. like like. Yeah, I, I think you, know. you got more an MBA though. I think you got a doctorate. It's four years. Yeah, really. yeah. I got exactly. four. Yeah. He's got four for years. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's. I think there's a. You know, there's the group of people that actually came together and the key are the key stakeholders here. They come from a variety of different backgrounds and it's really worked out in our favor. Yeah. You know, the, with the McGorry family down in San Diego and Jack's background and, and, and these guys do stuff from a branding and marketing standpoint that just blows me away. I look at the cans, mm -hmm. look what they do. John's exceptionally creative. And all I try to do is provide them some advice from the experience of you know evaluating publicly traded companies and seeing how they're how they're run and put some financial discipline around our decisions here but let these guys do they're they're talented i just try to help keep them, them in the box keep them you know <laughs> kind of like the bumpers on the bowling alley and right. just, you know, so you know they don't they don't need a lot of guidance from me um because they're pretty exceptionally talented guys and right and they really blow me away with their what they've done here. So we definitely the DNA. What I search for when I work with companies, and we never talk about my background, so we're gonna have to keep that <laughs> that secret. But um, that's another podcast. Is uh, is one of my fundamental things with the companies I work with? Are they learning? Are they willing to learn? Yeah. If yeah, you're not so. willing to learn, you're not willing yeah. to change. And early stage, fast growing companies, you're gonna be changing all the time. And yeah. John's a sponge. Yeah. And so, I mean, we connected through jujitsu, which anybody in jujitsu is a sponge typically because yeah. it's like an ocean of information and you kind of have to wade your way through it and figure out how to stay afloat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's like a superpower for sure of yours. And, and the zeitgeist, he's, <laughs> he's hit it a couple times. <laughs> so, yeah, at this point, I, I, I ask him if I'm overstaying my welcome because I just, <laughs> you know, he's, he is a sponge. He's learned so much that at some point, I'm not going to have any advice to give him anymore. So I keep That's checking, when you just stay quiet. Like checking, checking in with him. I'm like, okay, are we good? You, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be a pain no, in your no, ass. No. So, so. I, I, I'm always learning. There's always more to learn, you know, like there's, yeah. I mean, I, I only get little bits of your time. So I know that you have, you know, there's a, there's a, a giant ocean worth of knowledge yeah. over there that I'm, I'm always soaking it up and, and then, like you said, too, McGrory, obviously, um, he's he's sort of a man of few words. Um, but yeah. th there's definitely a lot of lessons yeah. to learn, yeah. you know, from him. And, like, pretty much, like, our, our one of the things that I always kind of tell people about, like, one in every meeting, he's just, Andy, how much cash we got in the bank? Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. the only thing he says. He'll say that in every, in every meeting. He'll say other things sometimes, but that's the one thing he says. And after a while, I was like, why is that so important? There's there's a lesson here, right? You know, yeah. And then, um, like, why why does that mean something so much to him or whatever? And then, uh, you know, over four years now, I've I've figured it out, like the importance of 
you know. Yeah, Jack's got a great background, hugely successful businessman in San Diego. He was the longtime CFO uh, for the San Diego Padres. Hmm. He's not that anymore, but he was extended period of time there. He's on the board of regents of the uh, University of California system mm -hmm. um, and, you know, instrumental in building that new um, stadium down in San Diego. And he's got his hands in a lot of different mm. things. And Jack and um, Jack's an interesting <laughs> guy, you know, he really and, is. you know, and, and uh, pretty much lays down the law um, and, and sets direction. But, you know, he's been a, just a, a great asset. So, yeah. again, I, I think a really good group of people from a variety of different backgrounds came into this place and and it's it's really helped so diversity wins yep absolutely yeah. i don't know jack you should have jack but for we should podcast. have him come on yeah, the podcast yeah, so you sure. would enjoy i jack actually just want to say i didn't know jack um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny what you reminded me of so i studied entrepreneurship yep. when i in the midwest but <laughs> we won't get into that um and uh i i i graduated with entrepreneurship and finance degree and I'd bounce back between these classes because the last two years you're like super in depth in these classes. And my entrepreneurship main teacher would just be like, cash flow, cash flow, how much cash you got. And I had a business in college, so I was like applying this. Yeah. And I go over to my finance class and they're like, balance sheet, balance sheet, balance sheet. Yeah. Basically, yeah. it was like, do you have enough money to grow? And it was like, how yeah. much are you worth? You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But it was funny to bounce back and I, to have that perspective of both was yeah. like really enlightening. I didn't, I, I just was kind of chasing what I thought was interesting. So I knew either I'd get into investing or I'd get into like actually building something. Yeah. Um, and I turned out teaching people how to build things and building it my own, but, but yeah, it was interesting. So I, I understand what Jack's saying with the cash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've, we've learned the lesson of, of, of liquidity and, and making good decisions based on what your resources at the end of the day, that's it. What resources do you have to be able to, you know, spend more money on more equipment here and right. and, and the timing of it? And, and sometimes you want to do something, but you just don't have, you're not in a position to be able to do it. Um, so it's that's been a really important lesson for, for John and Ollie. And um, I think if there's been some value added for Jack and my perspective is to educate you guys on that. Yeah. At this point, they know they know where they're at, and there's little that for us to, I think, advise on at this point. But oh, yeah. <laughs> please don't take the training wheels off. I'm not, I'm not ready. <laughs> no, but um, no, and another thing too, like in regards to that too, that Steve is um, his kind of thing that's similar to that one is um, is no more debt. You know, like him keeping an eye on like where what's the balance of you know where cash, versus, cash versus debt and. Um, and it's like you can see like you can see how that could be a very slippery slope because people are you know once you get rolling people are happy to to give you money you yeah. know and so um i have a mentor that always said that like credit lines and debt is like crack yeah it's entrepreneurs crack. <laughs> it is yeah. oh oh i'll take yeah. more i'll take more yeah. i'll take yeah. more and all of a sudden yeah. one day you're like yeah. oh I, I don't have any margin left. yeah yeah, yeah. no <laughs> we're, we've been payroll. like we've <laughs> right. been we've been down the road like we're like you know miles down this road and then go into the meeting with with steve and jack it's like steve's like no <laughs> we're not getting we're not taking any more debt so no figure it out else some another way you know so, and then it's like okay back to the drawing board you know but um yeah and then you can see you can see like you know had had that 
that leash not been really short on us, like we would have, we would have failed by now. You know, like we would have, mm-hmm. we would have. You, people look at this place and they go, it's massive. How do you do this and all this crazy stuff?" It's like, man, it's like, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like we, there's, it's a, it's more likely that we would have failed by now than it is that we're still here. You know what I mean? For how how big and crazy and you know what this what this operation is in this town. You know, like. Yeah, but you know, but what this place had, it always had a great product, and it always had its creativity. Mm-hmm. It's just about managing the business within the resources that you have, make really good financial decisions. That's that's the only way that we would have been tripped up. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, and we're you know we're at a good spot. Yeah, we're at a really good spot at this place. Well, I c- but I came from a world of so being in the music industry, like like you said, like Atlantic was yeah. financing. So when when I signed to Atlantic, I got signed not because I'm 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 not a great singer, I'm not a great musician, I'm just creative, and that that was why they they saw that and they signed us. And I was and I put together a group of guys who were all creative. None of us were great musicians by any means, but we had this we had a vision. We were creative, all the stuff, and then you signed the deal, and it was like I think our I think our deal was a four hundred thousand dollar deal. But I w- I was in the music industry prior, so I knew that like that number doesn't mean anything. That's just the number they put on paper. We spent four hundred thousand dollars in like the first <laughs> yeah. month. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean, <laughs> right? So and then and then they're like, ah, this, this isn't good enough. Let's go to New York. They flew us to New York. They put us in a in a penthouse suite on the Upper East Side. They put us in Axis Studio, which was like in the building where Studio 54 was. We walked in the first day and like the studio, there, there was a gold manly microphone that we were renting that was probably, you know, $1,000 a week that yeah. we never even used. There was 20 guitars on rental that we never even touched. Like all, you know, just there, we, we spent a million dollars before we even got back from New York, you know? There was no, it was just be creative, be creative, yes. be creative. And then we're like, we, we, bre- we broke for Thanksgiving. We're like, oh, let's go back to our place. Hey, we want to put... $50,000 more into our studio here, but yeah, go for it. Like there was n- never had to think about any of that stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. I never had to understand. You didn't need to operate. Yeah. I didn't have to do operate. It was just, it was just, they, they were, that's the, that was the beauty of record labels in that era was like, you know, like they were, and I had, I had learned that at Island, like when they like, like Chris Blackwell, like, you know, he had U2 that was like making the money and the Bob Marley cows making the money. But then he signed, he signed like, um, PJ Harvey, who was like, she was never going to sell right. millions of records, yeah. but she deserved a home yeah. because of how yeah, creative she was. Critically acclaimed. You know, yeah. yeah. So like, she just deserved a home. It was just he, there was no. They weren't looking at her her balance sheet. They like she was upside down her entire yeah. career, but it didn't matter. Like, you um, know, it's interesting what they were funding product basically. Yeah, they're funding product. You were the product developers. Yeah, and you guys were creating product. Just like you setting up the stage to let the brewers do their thing. Yeah. To create yeah, your yeah. hits yeah, exactly. here, right? Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. They don't have to. I, I, I don't want them to think about it. We've talked <laughs> about that. Like, like, I, like that's why I've, I've mentioned this before, and it's probably new to you, but I, I think about running this place like running a record label. You know, and like the brewers are the band, and like yeah. they don't need to worry about that. It's the yes. same thing. Like, don't worry about it. Just, just make hits. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just keep banging out right. the hits. Right. You know? Exactly. We have the marketing team. We got we got Josh in there that's going to make the cans look rad. We got, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I don't want him thinking about it either. You know, I don't want that, like. Speaking of hits, we should drink some. Yeah, that's right. Let me text Jared. This margarita is really nice. You've done a good job here. 
you know, that's that we talk about the finance part of it, but the other part of it is is you know the client. We focus a lot of attention on what the client experience is, and um, and you know I have this story going back to John Anderson of you know when I first started working, I was in I was 28 years old, and John at that point was in his 70s, and we had a meeting one day and went for a lunch break I ended up being in the conference room with him just him and me John looked at me and said you want to know how I became a billionaire and I was thinking you know I'm married two kids 20 years old mortgage probably <laughs> 50 bucks in my checking account and I lean in. I'm like, yeah. I kind of like to know. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I just, I, I, I just treat everyone the same. Everyone in my organization, regardless of their role, I treat them with respect. And I, and I, when we, when a client comes to visit us, I never promote myself. I promote everyone else in the organization. And how this, how important this person is, how important this one, and when you do that, when you do that, all of those people will run through a brick wall for you, mm-hmm. and and they will also be successful. And it was just, it was a really important lesson for me. Right. That is, if if you're fundamentally doing the right thing for the people you work with and the, and the people who, you know, use your services. Um, that goes a long way towards having a successful business. Yes, you need to have the financial metrics in place, but it's this whole client experience, which we grind on and worry about here at the brewery uh, all the time, um, which is really important. Right. I always think of it just like a watch, a watch with a whole bunch of gears. Just because one gear is a little tiny, small, the other ones are big, even if that little one goes gone. Broken, the yeah. whole watch stops. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and you don't do it just for the fact of making the watch run, but you do it because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. But that's kind of how I, I always kind of view it. Yeah, yeah and, and we've that those exact words that he just said, we've talked about that before, and and um, that's def- definitely landed on me, and that's definitely like you know that's a part of our DNA here. Like that's that is our culture, you know, like. That is a big, big, big part of our culture. And we're going to be doing some stuff in the future that that's going to be cool with the the work that's going to be done in the back with the, the with the music in the back and continue to build this place out to be kind of a destination spot. Yeah. Where it's not only about the beer, but it's also about the experience. Going to have music back there, stage back there. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be good. We kind of have like a a makeshift version of it now. That's a lot of fun but um yeah it's only going to get better so we're excited the liquor's new yep we're drinking margaritas cheers yep. everyone by the yep. way That's fu- yep. salute as we're drinking tequila these are really good they're great right <laughs> you know there's nothing you know this if you you have a place where you make great cocktails it will just again change the yeah what what people perceive this place to be yeah so. Exactly. Yeah. And there's great margin in them. <laughs> and there's great margin. <laughs> we just have to get the construction finished. I know, right? <laughs> they, taste, exactly. they taste just as good as the margin in them, so it all works out. Yeah. 
So we'll have beer coming up. So we'll drink some beer. You want to just go grab? GR and just, just grab it and just, grab and just bring text it. text them. Okay. okay. All right. So we've got four beers here. So we're going to start out with the... With the uh, lager? Our lager. This okay. is our, our anniversary, our four-year anniversary lager. Um, so unlike most shows, we're just going to talk lager. about these. Yeah, we're just going to talk about there's no uh, no game today. Look how look how oh jeez, that was awesome. Look at the color of that. It's pretty amazing. Cheers to four years. Cheers to cheers to four years. Like, absolutely. Thank you guys. Uh, personally, I, I've had a lot of a lot of good memories here. <laughs> it's been a good four four years. It has been a good four years. John's got a lot of memories. <laughs> I get to relive them all. That's, <laughs> I do. Some are uh, more intense than others. I have good ones, bad ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Intense ones, yeah. scary ones, COVID memories. That's part of the, that's like an essential experience here. You have to have some bad experiences here. It's just part yeah, of I the think, game. I think we need to, I think someone will take a photo. You know what? She'd be great for a podcast too. She could yeah. tell some stories. All right. We could talk about the prices, right? Yeah, absolutely. So this, so this lager is different. Initially, we were going to do our the pilsner that we did last year. It's really good. This is what made with. Uh, it's got uh, rice in it. It's like really? A, yeah, you can now taste it again, and you'll taste the rice. In this glass, this color almost looks like a chardonnay. <laughs> it does, right? Yeah. right huh? It's really, it's pretty. It's a pretty color. But it, it almost, it's like a... You're right. It it's totally almost like a rice lager. Yeah. Is Budweiser a rice lager? Is that right? Budweiser does use the, whatever the rice component was that they use in this, Budweiser uses that. Really? Yeah. I thought so. I, I think it's like a, it's like, you know, partial, they did like a partial, you know, I'm not exactly sure what, what the component was of whatever that was rice, but he, Dante was telling me about it. We'll, we'll ask him. He's out there today. So okay. we'll get that in the next one and clarify. But yeah, it's amazing. It's super light. Smooth. So it's has this been named? Currently, it's just Tarantula Hill Lager. Okay. The four-year anniversary. Okay, so, so it's the four-year It's just, we okay. just, this is the one that they wanted to do for the anniversary today, so. We're going to drink a bunch of cans of these out in the back tonight. And That's then really good. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. We're, still, we're still working on, like, so they did the one that was called the light, which was the light lager. And they're still, we're, still, we're still formulating the lager that's going to be the lager, mm-hmm. you know, like our lager. Right. So it's going to be somewhere probably in between this one and the light. Um, this one here. <coughs> is our barrel aged grade? I heard this. I've had this a little bit earlier. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Incredible. Is this now? You had some barrel aged ones before. This is our second barrel aged. Okay. The, the first one was we did a collab with Bottle Logic, and and we did that. And they 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 put a barrel in. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. They made it. They put a barrel in there with a bourbon barrel. What do you taste in there? I taste, I can't wait to put this over ice cream. That's what I'm tasting right now. Oh, yeah. Coffee? Yeah, absolutely. Coffee comes in real strong. The coffee is definitely the first. Like um, some sort of nut. Yeah. Like a macadamia nut. There's almost like a vanilla taste to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's coffee. There's vanilla. 
And there's one other thing, one other adjunct. How long was this in the barrel? Two years. Okay. We took the grade, our, just our normal grade, which is kind of our, our flagship stout, which has That's vanilla, really coffee, really and the other one is cocoa, cocoa nibs. Um, and they put it in a bourbon barrel, and it's been sitting in there for two years. And then they took it out, and then they and so there is there is a you know you can taste the bourbon in there a little bit as well. Mm, yeah. And then they kind of did another blend with some other, with some more grade, um, to kind of reduce the bourbon was kind of over the top, right right out of the bur- the barrel. So they kind of put a little bit more of the grade back in, and then they rested it again, on some more vanilla, some more chocolate, and some more coffee. So how much of this? was made is this going to be sold only here locally this was just one of those barrels okay that's all oh, so wow. it'll just be yeah it's just here just in bottles yep and when they did a couple kegs okay for here tonight okay yeah otherwise it's just yeah you got to grab some bottles before okay. you go okay um, vanilla ice cream with almonds in it with this absolutely. over absolutely amazing that would that's a an award-winning uh that's an award-winning beer dessert floor. we'll put yeah. you to bed yeah for yeah. sure that's that's really really good yeah super good okay there's that one and then this one here this is the triple IPA that we did for the beer club Um, tell me a little bit about the beer club so we have a thing called the Frontier Society Uh, we started it on the first year it's kind of a it's kind of evolved it's kind of been different things we did um, the first series was arcade games. Oh wait, no, that, that was, was the before. second year. It was uh, the first year was like all all frontiers. Pioneer. So it was the pioneer was the very first one. Uh, what were some of the other ones? Do you remember? Final frontier was the final uh, frontier was the last the one. Last one. And that was like a Star Trek. You can. It was all all oh, things. Yeah, I remember that one. We kind of like, yeah, it was like the Frontier Society. It was kind you know Thousand Oaks kind of has this you know like. You know, I don't know, like the stagecoach, you know, the stage, you know, that's kind of the vibe, you know, whatever, right. which kind of with that vibe. Yep. yep. And then we let it evolve. The, yeah, I think the second year was the video games. We had Joust, Pac-Man. Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Ast- uh, you guys yeah, are both Galaga? looking at, at the wall Galaga. stickers. Yeah, exactly. I know. You can't see a single sticker. It's all just Josh, you should drop in a, a, a photo of that. No, we should drop in a photo of that, uh, yes. that new can display. Oh, that's that would be awesome. That'd yeah, be sure. has all of them. Then this year was L.A. legendary sports teams. So we had the Rams, the Dodgers, and the Lakers. And then, it, and so we had like the first one was like Cooper Cup, like a baseball card. But instead, of, we took Cooper Cup, and then we superimposed Mike's face right on it. And then yeah. this one yeah. was uh, Kurt Rambis and whose face is on that? Dante. Dante. Dante's, Dante's okay. Yeah. And then Scott was on the uh, Mookie Betts. Or, so is speaking speaking yeah. of uh, yeah. creativity, like yeah, is that absolutely. Fun? <laughs> well. How much fun is that? <laughs> yeah, and Josh killed those cans. It's hilarious. They're hilarious. Um, and um, yeah, and then also, so if you're a member, also we have like so we do 16 ounce pints here, but if you're a member for the price, the same prices, you get a 20 ounce pour. Oh, That's nice. like the main advantage. So every time you come, so every time you come, you just buy a beer, but you get twenty ounces. You get an extra four ounces. So every third, you know, beer, your fourth beer, or whatever, you're getting a free beer. Basically, is how it kind of works cool. out. 
And then you go to things. We do merch and da 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 da. This year we're going to flip it up again. Um, can't remember exactly what the program is this year, but um, it'll be fun no matter what. It's Stay difficult. Tuned. We have like we have like a big group of people, whatever. And then we try and like we were trying to do like events to have everybody come, whatever. But not everybody can make it. So also they get discounts. Everybody who's a Frontier member today comes in and gets uh, you know everything they they buy is twenty percent off. They get you know and they have like first right to buy. The, those bottles yeah that's the biggest thing. that kind of it's thing just yeah. having access to things exactly. that we're not going to sell yeah and those bottles or, are going to sell gonna out go quick quick yeah yeah so they and, get and, and you don't run out of ideas so I, it'd just be fun to see what's coming next if you're part of it exactly and that that's kind of more this this time where every month we're going to have like a new kind of you know something something special that only the members get you know we're going to start putting like like they're gonna, these guys are gonna brew something super fun, and they're gonna put it on, and it's gonna be only Frontier members get. Right. It's like a secret tap. Yeah. You know stuff like that. So, yeah, there's yeah, it's, it's endless. You know the things you can do to, to make it fun. So, we're gonna just keep doing that. This is good. So yeah, and this one so what is we have here? this is a triple IPA. So this is the final, this is the final Frontier of this Frontier season. Beyond the Arc triple IPA. Beyond the Arc. Is that what it's called? Yep. Like Beyond the Arc, that's like a three-pointer. Oh, okay. So it's a triple. That's really good. <laughs> that's really good for a triple, right? That's dangerous. Yeah, most people wouldn't know this is a triple. No. Yeah. If you smashed a couple of those, you'd be in trouble. My uh, my stepson came and visited last week, and we were drinking these. He's like, they don't taste like they're rating. He's yeah. like, I wouldn't know like, yeah. if I didn't wasn't like looking at them. Yes. Yeah. The so lowest ABV beer brewer. here is like double what you would get, you know, in like a Budweiser or a Ford or something. So, so what's like, what's the ABV on this? Do you know what that is? 11? 10. 10? 10? Yeah, it doesn't taste like 10. Yeah. That'll get you sauced. You know, but it's still, you know, it's not, no. not bitter. It's, That's, yeah. you know, it's really, really nice. Super smooth. Man, super drinkable. 10. Crisp. Dante magic. And then, uh, yeah. And then this last one is Sneaky Sips. Actually, I have the cans here. Great cans. <laughs> yeah, this one definitely knocked out the park on this one, Josh. This you know, one. those cans will tell you will uh, will tell you how old you are. I know, you, right? If you know, yeah. If you know that, what that exactly. is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and versus spy. Actually, specifically, how old John is. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and then I don't know if you know if you saw it or not, Steve, but I. I there's an Easter egg on here, which is my son Johnny. Did you see that? No, I s Johnny's on there instead uh, of the. You know, that's funny. I was Alfred E. Newman, and I was trying to figure out whose face that was. Yeah, it's Johnny. It's Johnny. That's yeah. awesome. That's what I meant specifically. How old John is? Yes. Yeah. Oh, little John. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, John. So we could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's Mad and Magazine, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we did a collab that one with. Uh, this was uh, with Three Weavers. And what was theirs called, Josh? Juicy Drips. Juicy Drips is Juicy theirs, IPA. and ours is called Sneaky Sips. Josh, um, this is I think this is where you, like, went beyond the extra credit on He this did, can. for sure, yeah. I was, I was you really enjoyed this one, I think. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, and I was excited that, that they let me do theirs, too. Yeah. I was like, because yeah. that was perfect, because that way they could just work perfect together. Yeah. This, like, brings up so many memories for me. Yeah. Exactly. Mad, Mad Magazine. Yeah. yeah. These guys, like, so many memories, yeah. and, like, just crushed it. And we but went through a lot of a lot of effort to, or Josh did, um, 
to modify these characters, uh, whatever the percentage is. There's, you know, like by law, so that we didn't, you know, we didn't actually like. Right. It's it's based on the characters, but it's you did Josh, homage. Josh made it. It's an homage, yeah. exactly. Parody law. Parody law. Thank 20, you. Twenty to thirty percent, I think. Exactly. So it, it if but you I mean, if, if you if side by side this with with Spy versus Spy, it's it is different. The but creators of Spy versus Spy would want pumped. this. Yeah, I know. Like, you'd send them some. Yeah, you'd like to think that, but you never know when they're gonna drop the hammer on the lawsuit or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> cease and desist. Yeah, cease and desist, and then we'll move on. We'll, we'll just drink them and move on. Yeah. So anyways, I don't even know if I tasted it. Did you guys taste that one yet? Yeah. Sneaky sips. Your three weavers, they're really well respected yeah. down in the South Bay area exactly. where they're at. So yeah. Great collab. Yep. I have, a, I have uh, my friend is captain at uh, Culver City Fire Department there, and those guys, that's like their spot. Yeah, absolutely. They love that spot. Yeah. And I've gone hung out there a bunch of times with those guys and had a good time. It's, it's a great spot. They're great people. I have a question for you. I just from my my history, my background, business. I've never seen anything so collaborative in business as brewing. I mean, and absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you're beyond me. So like, you tell me. No, like, I just have you seen it? Like, no, you know. And I think it's awesome. And um, but but the sharing of recipes amongst the brewers. It, there's really a great community fraternity of brewers and you know I think we've done a great job you've done a great job John and, and, and the brewers of promoting the collaboration the collaboration and, and the fraternity yeah. amongst we've had plenty of people here where we've shared our facility right with with other um, breweries locally yeah and um you know, but at the end of the day, you know, you could have a, a, a recipe and, and take it to Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, LA County, San Diego yeah. County, and, and the taste will be different. Yeah, if you drop in the new water, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, have you seen that with any other industry? Really, now? it's really, really unique. I've never, it, I haven't seen it with any other industry. It's unique. Yeah. And it's, you know, for me, you know, I could, you know, I try to contribute as what I can contribute to to this um, endeavor, but I've been so educated by John and, the, and Ollie and the brewers on things that really take me aback. And, and one of these things is, is how free they are with, you know, what they do and, and right. how, they, how they brew. And I think it's great. I, you know, it's just exceptional. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's part of the quality of the product but it's also the brand. You look at that can, and I just, when I saw the can, it was like, wow, that takes me back to more where I was like 10 years old, you know? <laughs> right. And Mad Magazine. And, right. And, 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 you know, if you're 20 years old, you don't get yeah. that, you know? Yeah. I get that. Yeah. And that's pretty, you know, that's pretty exceptional, so. Yeah. But it's unique. That collaboration is very unique. And I think it's great. Yeah. Really do. You don't, you don't, you just, you get so much out of it. Really do. Can we do Cheers. a quick uh, a quick tool? Yeah, let's do we'll a keep quick it like tool. five minutes. Absolutely. Um, so, you want to explain tool? What's yeah. Tool? Well, it's tool. It's funny because I was gonna I was gonna piggyback it off of that because there was some really cool stuff there, but um, I wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to get uh, 
the one that that came to my mind before we even started was um was learning in context uh we talked about mentorships mm-hmm. um but um yeah i was going to kind of steer you a, a diff- usually we just ask like what's a what's a, a tool that you could provide but i like learning in context was i could see you're like the ocean sitting there i'm just gonna yeah like, what, what part should i tap today exactly right. so yeah and i, I think like <coughs> back so so th- real quick the co- to give you context of tool tool basically is it stands it's t-o-o-l theory of overall logic which is um the kind of the idea is that it's like um i feel like i feel like you know my generation was our my parents taught common sense but um it was sort of subliminal like they were teaching it you know like they didn't realize realize that they were teaching our generation and then people started saying common sense either you have it or you don't so then my generation started having kids and then some kids different than others and they so they kind of stopped teaching the common sense um, so I'm, the idea is kind of like we need to kind of bring back and like really kind of left it to others to do it for them. Exactly. School, yeah. And this right. focus that like, yeah, exactly. Like school, like, yeah, exactly. People think that school is supposed to teach the kids everything they, they know their school's only there to teach them math, reading, writing, everything else in life to succeed is should be taught by the parents. Like that, that, that art has been lost. So there's a lot of tools out there that, um, that I think people from our generations have in our toolbox that we use to succeed and whatnot. And like, there's, there's a bunch of them. One of them is, you know, like I said, like, um, um, one of them specifically that I, that I wanted to bring it all the way back to earlier in our conversation about the education that I've had. Like, I think a lot of the, a lot of the things that, that we've talked about that you've taught me, a lot of things that you've taught me, I think those things were there in my life. I sure, probably learned sure. about them in school and whatnot, Absolutely. but they didn't soak in because they, I had no context. Right. I didn't have, I didn't know what I, I a business. You weren't, what, you weren't applying it to. I wasn't applying to anything specific. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now that I have a context, all these or things. Opportunities are, to apply them. Right. So now my ability to learn these things, the fact that I, I do have the, what we talk about in Jiu-Jitsu, the white belt mentality. I'm always a white belt. I'm always here to learn. I'm ready to come. I'm coming every day ready to learn regardless of whether, you know, what my belt status is, you know, where I think I am in life. <coughs> um, but when I'm in the context, I have the ability to apply it, like you said, apply all those things or whatever. So that was kind of one thing that I, I wanted to talk about specifically. But if you wanted to go, um, if you wanted to take that ball and run with it, cool. Or if you had something else specifically, but like what what is a tool that like, very clearly something that just kind of it's something that's inside your head only basically but you apply it every day you know to life that helps you succeed wow <laughs> <laughs> okay could could you ask could you prep <laughs> me for this yeah, yeah exactly no it's cool too though <laughs> yeah. what i really like too i mean just to give you a little time to think about it is that when a mentor came to you and said do you want to you want to learn how to be a billionaire? Like yeah. no one's ever ga- right. came yeah. to me with that. Yeah. Like it's like there. Here's the box. And you're like, you know, and it was And you're like, yeah, you know, but like, you know, it was. It, and it wasn't. To me, it was achievable. What he was telling me was achievable. Right. It was relatable. Right. It wasn't. You had to be smarter than someone else, or 
you know, be able to, you know, be an Einstein, it was if you just put one foot in front of each other and you treat people right and you and you represent something that you believe in, you're going to be okay. You're going to really, and, you know, and take some risk every once in a while. And if you find something that you see can be real, you can be successful at, then you go for it. I think that's what we're here right now. We're here with Tarantula Hill, but that to me, that's why I walked away from. Was like he was telling me something that he thought I could achieve, right? In, in, from a standpoint of at least applying it, you know? right? So, um, you know, I think for me, you know, we, um, I think there's been something lost along the way of what how we. Um, what we teach and I, I watch you with your kids actually I'm really and Johnny's a freaking handful and, and it's so much fun to watch other parents have kids who are handful and, and, uh, <laughs> um, and I think you do a great job with both your kids I, we, we've got a <coughs> we have a daughter who grew up in California married actually they they, they were working on Mammoth Mountain together and and she married a, a a guy who came from Illinois, just north of St. Louis, who came from a farming and ranching family. And she moved back there, and it's really was a really a cultural shock for her. And they have they have one, uh, we have one grandkid and another one on the way. But I watch how they how they um, are that little boy is growing up and he's growing up on a farm and he's growing up on a ranch and and the values that they are instilling in him at two, a, age two years old of what you have to do to just make things work it's it's really takes me back to something that maybe was a couple of generations ago yeah that were you know and here you know we maybe here in California we don't see but you know that kid's gonna work. That kid's gonna be fine. He really is by the values that they're instilling in him really early on. And so, you know, that's an example of maybe of a tool that maybe the next generation gets it. You know, that they've got to go back to some of these fundamentals, the way that what they're treating kids, how they're, you know, how they're educating their kids, how they, what values they're placing. Um, that maybe got lost in the last generation. I like that. But yeah, fundamentals. It's kind of like it's kind of like um, these kids like recognize maybe they lost something. Yeah, and they're like bringing it back. Yeah. Yeah. Last weekend he went to uh, Duck. Um, what do they call it? Duck School. I'm like, what's Duck School? He goes, Well, we, we show them how to figure out how to you know what ducks are and how you know how you shoot ducks and, and you know it's just uh, duck camp it was duck camp he's like, duck, he's like hunting? duck camp I'm like I wish my dad would have took me to duck camp like, okay. that like hunting ducks cool. yeah like yeah. in a boat uh, or are no, they in blinds in, in the, yeah they're in the blinds John's yeah. like what I don't know yeah. I don't know about duck is, <laughs> yeah, duck is delicious <laughs> I know that but, it's a little dry yeah. oh, but he's duck. on you know, right. you know he gets on you know he's on the John Deere with his dad Oh, there you, know, you go. And it, you know, farming every day, and you know, that just gives there's the there's a that's fundamental cool. perspective there. That's you know, we got to get back to that. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Fundamentals are the key. People try and get fancy, 
<laughs> Fundamentals always win, right? It's uh, everything goes back to jujitsu in our heads, right? Like absolutely, yeah. It's all about the fundamentals. Like you, you can do some fancy flying something where, but the guy who's got the solid fundamentals always wins. Yeah. All right, cheers. This I'm has cheersing. been fun. Oh, it's been amazing. We're gonna cheers with all these beers have been you know great. What? Three different types of beers, drinks to the diversity. <laughs> diversity. <laughs> cheers this to four years. Fun. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank it's you. Been fun. Like John, John always rhyming over there. Cheers to the four years. <laughs>